0: happy new year to you all. Let's all stand together. We're going to lift up our voices as we sing a song entitled another year is dawning, but it's to the tune of stand up, stand up for Jesus. Another year is dawning, dear.
1: is our first Sunday in 2023, and it is good to have each of you in the Lord's house. Let's open up with a word of prayer. Lord in heaven, we come before you and we praise you and thank you for this new year. As we get ready to set a vision and a sight for all that you have ahead, help us, Lord, to be faithful and true to you in all ways. And we thank you and praise you for your faithfulness to us. We ask that you'd be with our service this morning. That it would be a service that would honor you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated.
0: Some glad morning when this life is o'er, I'll fly away. Some. It's my mind. Want you, And I'm sorry when I've just gone through the motions. I'm sorry when I just sang another song. Take me back to where we started. For God's that you're enough Take me back to wants to leave. Oh, I'm not here for blessings.
2: Grace is enough, your mercy is new every morning, and your power is made perfect in our weakness. This year we have faced many trials, we have fought many battles, we have learned many lessons, and we have prayed many prayers. But this is our hope in life and in death. You are the God who sees, you are the God who knows, you are the God who cares and you are the God who loves. And so we pray for courage to face our giants. We pray for grace to cover our guilt. We pray for strength to overcome our challenges. We pray for joy in all circumstances. And we pray for vision to see what you see. What we will face this year. But we do know this it will never be faced
3: alone.
1: like you to take your Bibles with me if you would please. Let's turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I'm going to read to you verses 9 down through 22. Title of the message this morning is what should the church be in 2023? What should we as a church be in the year 2023? As we look across the span of a whole nother year. We, as a church, should have a vision. We should have a desire to be what God wants us to be. Even as the little video said, we're not going to face this alone. The Lord is going to be with us all the way. But not only is he going to be with us, our church, our church family. We pray for one another and uplift one another and strive to encourage one another. What should we be as we go into 2023? As we look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 9-22, through 22, what we find is uh, the Lord speaking to the church in Thessalonica and challenging them to be the church they should be. They, they need to step up and be what God wants them to be. And he's going to lay it out for them as the apostle pens these words under the inspiration of God. So listen as I read the text to you. We're going to take that text, we're going to apply it to us here, Victory Baptist Church, in this new year. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together, edify one another, even as also ye do, And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak and be patient towards all men. See that none render evil for evil unto any man but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the Spirit, and despise not prophesying. Prove all things, hold fast that which is good, and abstain from all appearance of evil. When we look at these verses, we find that he really is touching upon four areas of the church life. He's telling them they need to be in union with Christ. They need to be in union with one another. They need to be in union with God. And they need to be in union with their church leadership as they strive and work together. My goal is this morning, I'm going to bring you through most of this, and then tonight... When we do our potluck down below, I'm going to finish this up down there tonight. So you want to come back for that conclusion this evening. But first of all, I want you to see in verses 9 and 10, where he's talking to us about what we should be as a church. He talks to us about that we need to be as a church in union with Jesus Christ. Listen again to verses 9 and 10. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. He starts off with a statement. He wants us to understand that God has not appointed his children to wrath. You are not, neither am I, chosen to be the recipients of God's wrath. But instead, he wants us to be the recipients of his salvation. That's why he left heaven above. That's why he came down and uh, was born of a virgin, as we just celebrated last week. That's why he was willing to minister, suffer, die, and resurrect. Because he wanted to offer to all the gift of salvation. So he, he reminds us that... God does not desire that any should perish, as the scriptures teach us. But instead, he calls out to us and he says, come unto me. He desires to give us salvation. When you look there in verse 8 and 9, or we'll pick it up at verse 9 and 10, he goes on to say in verse 10, that he died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. So if you remember, we're talking about what should the church be as we go into 2023. We should be a church in union with Christ, starting off with salvation. Each of us has to ask ourselves, am I born again? Am I a child of God? Have I received Christ? Am I genuinely part of the family of God through faith? And if I am, as he comes down and he says to us, he says, therefore, we should live together with him whether we are awake or whether we are asleep. Now, there's kind of a double meaning to that, that wake or sleep. When you read through the New Testament, sometimes you hear him reference death as being asleep. But then we also know that every day, or every day we should, we should be laying our head down and getting some sleep. Amen? Amen. So whether we are awake or whether we are asleep, whether we are busy about our day or at night asleep, or whether we ourselves have passed on and asleep in Christ, all that we do, we should do as unto Him. We should be in union with Him, having obtained that salvation that He paid for and that He offers us, having died for our sins that we might have forgiveness, We ourselves should live together in Him. So as we press into the year 2023, I want to ask you, are you in relationship with Jesus Christ? Are you in union with Him? Have you received Him as your Savior? And are you walking with Him every day as you go about your business? Even when you pillow your head at night, are you going to sleep in rest and assurance That you are his. So that when that day comes, that we pass from this life to the next. We ourselves know that we are at union with Christ. We as a church, we should always be examining ourselves and asking ourselves, am I sure that I am at peace with my Lord Jesus Christ? As he comes down in our text to verses 11, verses 14 and 15, down through here, he's going to talk to us about the church. Not just individually, but corporately. Listen to what he goes on to say in verse 11. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together, and edify one another, even as also ye do. Talking to you and I as the church. He says, we need to comfort ourselves together. Now, as we saw in the little video here, it took just a moment to say that in this last year, I'm sure there are those who have gone through hardships, struggles, difficulties. In fact, as John and I were looking for the video for this morning, you know, we look down through, we look at all these different ones, and some of them are kind of depressing. You know, you start out, The new year, and the the whole video wants to talk about how hard last year was. See, I don't want to do that. Let's leave the hard where the hard needs to be in the past. Let's move on, amen? Amen. I don't want to relive the hard. It drives me crazy to watch TV and have the commercials come up over and over and over again about all the hard things. Listen, I minister to people who are going through hard things. I don't want to live the whole world's hard things. I want to go ahead and care for and love those who are going through hard things here. Not everywhere else too. Here he says to us, we need to comfort one another. We need to care about one another as we go through the hard things. The hard things of the past we can't change. But as we go into the future, we can be there for one another, can't we? There are going to be hard things. I mentioned this morning how the Will Clark was cutting wood at his house, he's got, got big long logs and he's, he's blocking that firewood and he stepped and he tripped over it, through his chainsaw and when he caught himself, he snapped his arm right here. That's a hard thing, it's his right arm, he's right handed, he's 71 or 72 years old, but robust and strong went ahead, brought his chainsaw up out to the house, got everything squared away, drove himself to the hospital. But we're not going to go ahead and say, well, you're a tough old bird, you'll be fine. We're not going to do that. No, we're going to care about him. We're going to go ahead and bring him some meals. We're going to go ahead and pray for him. We're going to stop by and encourage him. We're going to try to help him. Why? Why? Because he's part of our church family. And that's exactly what this text is saying to us. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together. We should look at our neighbors and our friends, our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we should ask, what can I do to help you? That's part of comforting each other, isn't it? You can't always fix everybody's problem. But you can help comfort them through their problem. As we come down here, he's going to continue to talk to you and I as a church in verse 11. He says, wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another. That's not just comfort, but edifying is encouraging, lifting up, helping to redirect towards positive things in Christ. And you and I as brothers and sisters in Christ, we need to do that. Edify one another. I tell people, if your friends do nothing but pull you down, Time to find new friends. Mm -hmm. If every time you're around these folks, all they're doing is yanking you down and yanking you down, it's kinda like going swimming with people who can't swim. They're gonna pull you to the bottom with them. Sometimes you just gotta say, whoa, wait, I can't do this all the time. I've got to be edified. I've gotta be encouraged too. I've gotta be built up too. I can't always be pulled down. So you and I, as we go into this new year, god has called us as a church to edify one another let's work at uplifting and encouraging one another of course there's things we can complain about from politics to finances to health to our pets i mean you can find something to complain about but do you really have to all the time isn't it good sometimes to just let that lay and encourage and edify one another. He comes down a little bit farther as he moves down through the text, talking to you and I as the church. Look with him as he goes down into verse 14. He says, Now we exhort you, brethren, to warn them that are unruly. You know, that's just a good, healthy thing. To learn how to positively warn folks. Amen? That's a good part of of being a family, is to be able to say, hey listen, be careful there. I do that, I, as I've gotten older, I do that more often. When my grand, when I had kids, kids could do anything and it didn't really, I figured out, oh, they're gonna be fine. <laughs> but now I'm a granddad and I'm looking, I'm thinking, that kid's gonna kill himself. Whoa, whoa,
3: <laughs> wait, right there.
1: And I warn them. And, and the parents say, they're gonna be fine. <laughs> Because they're not a grandparent, but as a pastor too, I have a tendency to to warn folks, and maybe that's because I'm getting older myself. I don't know, but I'll tell. You, as folks are leaving church, I'll say, "Be careful! It can be slippery out there." We've sanded, we've salted, we've done all we could, but I just don't want somebody to slip and fall. Amen. Amen. But here he's talking to us not just about things like that. But he's really talking to you and I about spiritual things. He says, listen, brethren, warn them that are unruly. He's talking about the church. He's saying, you and I look at our brothers and sisters in Christ. Those who are falling by the wayside. Those who are struggling in life. Those who are getting involved in things that are going to hurt them. They're going to harm them. He says, love them enough to warn them. To say, well, ah, need to be careful. I'm praying for you. I care about you. Not judgmentally, not condemningly, caringly. That's what the text is telling us. To warn them. Look at what he goes on to say. To you and I as the church, now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, and comfort the feeble-minded. The feeble-minded is an interesting word. It's kind of an interesting turn of phrase because it kind of in some ways could be used as an insult, couldn't it? Like if Carmen looked at me tomorrow and said, boy, Pastor, you were really getting (laughs) feeble-minded. Boy, that's a little harsh. (laughs) You know, or Sandra Jo, when I said to her, you know, how many years? And she says, that's not my problem, buddy. That's yours. she today at lunch could look at me and say, you're getting a little feeble-minded. That would be insulting, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yes. You're, you're supposed to say yes. <laughs> we could use it as an insult, but the text doesn't mean it is an insult. It's really talking about those who are simple-minded, those who don't understand everything. And we encounter people all the time who, they, they, they just... They just can't connect all the dots. And he's saying there to you and I, comfort them, help them, be there for them, teach them, mentor them. We all were there growing up. It takes us a while to connect all the dots, huh? If I asked those who are in the 60s, they'd say you don't connect all the dots until you're at least in your 30s. If I asked those in the 40s, they'd say, well, you really don't connect the dots until maybe you're in your 20s. And if I asked those in the 20s, they'd say, no, they haven't connected their dots. They don't think they've arrived yet in their teens and in their junior high years. The reality is all of us have to grow and mature. And he's telling us, help each other to grow and mature. When we can't figure it all out, when life is complicated, when you can't connect everything together, he says, be there for one another, comfort one another, guide each other, mentor one another through those times. Look at verse 14 again. He goes on, he continues to build on this. He says, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, and support the weak. You and I, we're not called to go ahead and buy everybody's groceries. We're not called to go ahead and pay everybody's gas bill or mortgage. But we are called for those who are weak, those who do not have the strength. We should go ahead and try to help them. And that's a responsibility we have as a church. If you see your brother or sister in Christ struggling and not making it, and they're trying, but they're not strong enough, help them amen? amen at the end of our services when folks are going out uh, last Sunday I had somebody here who was trying to get through with a walker now I could have just stepped aside and and said well good luck with those doors
3: <laughs>
1: that wouldn't be that wouldn't be right would it no so it's so simple to just go ahead and help and hold the door open isn't it It's so simple to help those who are struggling, those who are not strong. But sometimes if we're not careful, we become a little calloused, a little indifferent. We think somebody else will take care of it, when in reality, nobody's going to be there. So we have to step up. And he says, support the weak. Help those who are doing their best, but they're not strong enough. They need some support. And it's up for you to, to pray and say, Lord, how can I do that? Can I help this person with a little project? Can I help this person with a little bit of money? Can I help this person with a little bit of food? Or can I help this person with a ride? Find a way. As a church, as we go into 2023, make yourself available. Start with the inside your heart by saying, no, I'm not so busy that I can't help somebody. Because that's where it all begins. We have a tendency to dismiss it. We lay it aside, I'm just so busy. It's really common for me to have people say, well, pastor, I didn't call you because I know you're just so busy. And I always say, I am never too busy for our church. I'm never too busy for you. Yes, I'm busy. But you are the reason I'm here. You're the reason I'm your pastor. If I'm so busy, I can't in some way minister to you, then, man, it's time for me to retire. I need to make sure that I have time to minister to our people. Amen? Amen. Now, I could I could dismiss it and excuse it, and I could say, oh, yeah, yeah, I really am crazy busy. That's ridiculous. People are what it's about. Amen? Amen. And in your life too. People are what it's about. Your neighbors, your friends, your church family. It's really about you helping and ministering to them. So we need to support the weak. Look at what he goes on to say in the last part of verse 14. He's going to touch on a couple more things. Listen to the the whole verse. I'll read it to you again. Brethren, warn them that are unruly. Comfort the feeble-minded. Support the the weak and be patient towards all men. Wow, he's really kind of clicking it up, isn't he? (laughs) Romans 12, 18 says, If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. That simply means be patient. Be patient with each other. As much as is possible, get along with each other. It's not always easy to get along, but it should always be that we try to get along. You might say, well, Pastor, you don't know how hard my husband is to get along with. Well, you're right. When I meet him, he's smiley, he's happy, I shake his hand, we get along great. Well, boy, if you had to live with him, well, maybe so, but I don't live with him. I didn't marry him. So as much as is possible within you, get along with him. You know, and it's the same thing with the wives. Be patient towards each other. Yeah, listen, we all irritate each other. That's, that's a fact of life. I mean, we're gonna church is going to end, and we're going to get in our cars and we're going to go to pull out on Route 7. And do you know somebody's going to have to wait? You can't all go out at the same time. You can have the fastest car in the whole church like Rich Gilbert here. (laughs) Here he is. He still has to sit and wait. And so you have to be patient. Amen? Amen. Amen? But it's not, that's just a silly illustration. But in all things, he says to us as a church, be patient with each other. Every one of us in here is a work in progress. Amen? Amen. There's nobody here that's arrived. No, I, I, I'm always hesitant to say that because Hannah absolutely believes John is a saint.
3: <laughs>
1: no, I'm just teasing you. But the reality is, God is telling us as a church We need to be in union with Christ and we need to be in union with one another. Comforting one another, edifying one another, warning each other when we're getting off track, comforting uh, the feeble-minded, supporting the weak and being patient towards each other. When he moves into verse 15, he touches on something that's so critical for us to understand. Listen to what he says. See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all people, all men. You and I, he says, don't be vengeful. It reminds us, of course, of Romans twelve nineteen. It says, dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. God wants us to remember, it is not our place to get vengeance. The world mocks that. It challenges us to get vengeance. In fact, it challenges us not to get even, but to get more. God says no. He says, step back, take a deep breath. Yes, somehow you've been offended or something happened, but you don't have to get vengeance. Learn to let God have it. Learn to let it go. You will be better for it. It will let that weight and that burden come off. You might have to do that prayerfully. You might say, Pastor, you don't know what happened and you don't understand. And you know what? I may not know what happened and I may not fully understand. But do you know who does? God. God." So you begin to pray. Lord, help me. Help me to forgive. Help me to let go. Lord, help me to never seek vengeance. But help me instead to comfort, edify, warn, support, be patient towards Because I want to do that which is good. That's how he ends this part of the message in verse 15. He says, See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Follow that which is good. What a great text for us as a church as we look at what we should be as we go into 2023. Follow that which is good. It's not a complicated truth. It's not a deep theological concept. Follow that which is good. I sometimes find irony in those who war against the church, or war against Christ, or war against God. I'm always a little bit perplexed by that. Do you know the largest charitable giving in the world is through Christian giving? The largest charitable giving in the world is through Christian organizations from churches to parachurch groups. That is the largest charitable giving in the world. Why would people people want to fight against that which is trying to do good? I don't know, other than it's the devil. And I don't mean that lighthearted. I mean that we are in a spiritual warfare. We are in a time, a day, when if the devil could, he would rob your faith and mine. He would close the church, and he would eliminate faith. Why? Because he would get the victory. It's not because he has a better plan. It's not because he wants to make people happier or give a better life. He just wants to defeat good. And God says to you and I, follow that which is good. Simply put, we as Christians, we should give. We should care. We should help. We should warn. And we should lift up. All of those things are part of doing what's good. He challenges us because we're his children. Parents who love their kids challenge their kids. Amen? Amen. We don't want our kids to just stay the same. I didn't, you know, this morning I texted my my two children and uh, I texted them and wished them a happy new year. And I thanked them. I said, thank you so much for raising my grandbabies to know and love God. And my daughter and son, they texted back and said, thank you for raising us to know and love God. Why do I say that? Because I want them to, to enjoy the blessings of the benefits of walking with the Lord. Not that they're going to be rich, live in mansions, fly jets. That was never on the the perspective. I just want them to be happy. I don't want them to go to jail. I don't want them to wake up with hangovers. I don't want them to have to deal with addictions. I don't want them to have to be married five times trying to find the right person. I don't want them to raise kids who hate them. I want them to take the biblical principles of proper living, doing that which is good and enjoy life. Not that they won't hit hills and valleys. They will. But as you hit each hill and each valley, your church is there for you and your Lord is there for you and you make it through. Amen. What should our church do? be as we go into 2023 we should be the kind of church that the apostle was writing to in thessalonica as god inspired him to pen those words we should be that kind of church let's bow our heads as we come to the end of our service and i ask you this morning are you willing are you willing to be that kind of church God's not asking us to do that, which is hard. He's just asking us to do that, which is good. Father in heaven, as we go forth from this place, I pray that you would help us to be the Christians that we should be. For Lord, we praise you for the salvation you've offered us. We rejoice in the salvation that we have received. And I pray that you would help us to minister one to another as we should as we go into this new year. We pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Amen. Brother John has one chorus to
0: close. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest friend but holy Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Amen. We're dismissed this morning.